for joining us for this particular exciting episode and a big shout out to all our faithful followers in India. Uh, lovely to have you listening in with us. My name's Robin and um, it's good to have you here with my co-host. Uh, yeah, it's Ben. I'm over here still, down here. Down here, over there, whatever. Good stuff. Um, so we always start with a dad joke. Uh, we've got a bonus dad joke at the end for you this this time. But uh, Ben, have you got any dad jokes for us this time? Um, well, I'm, I'm a bit teary at the moment. Uh, to oh. be fair, for joking, uh, Elvis, my pet mouse, died last week, uh, caught in a trap. Boom! <laughs> well, let's get uh. on quick. Please get on with it. So today uh, we're talking about how to engage uh, with pop culture, um, and got one of our very favourite people um, who I interviewed, um, Ted Turnow. We've mentioned him before on this podcast. Um, Although, if truth be told, um, the kind of we is stretching it a little bit, isn't it? Uh, it wasn't so much of a we, it was more of an I. Uh, yes, I'm here now, uh, but I will disappear momentarily. Sadly, at the precise moment of the interview, I was staring up at the ceiling from the dentist chair having an emergency appointment. Um, I, I would definitely rather have been in on the interview with you and Ted, that's mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> But but sadly, the uh, we recorded it at two thirty. <laughs> oh, there's another there's another dad joke for you. You're getting bonus dad jokes this time. Um, so it's probably going to be the best episode we've ever had so far since um, Ben wasn't there. Uh, probably that's that, that's almost certainly true. Uh, my my role as the eye candy uh, is 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 being magnified right now. But um, anyway, enough from uh, me. Literally, uh, let me hand you over to Robin and Ted. We have one of my favourite people in the world, um, Ted Turnow. You are one of my favourite people in the world. Thank um, you. Thank you. I'm so touched. welcome, Ted. Um, Thank you. Have you with us? Where Where are you at the moment, Ted? I am in Prague, Czech Republic, uh, where we've lived for twenty one years. I'm a college lecturer here. And um, how, so, so just tell me a little bit about family. Your Your family's all grown up now. Is that right? Yes, we are struggling with empty nest syndrome. We have mm. we have launched all of our children. One is doing a master's in atmospheric science at uh, North Carolina State University in Raleigh, uh, not so far from your Tennessee listener. Mm -hmm. And yeah, welcome, um, Tennessee listener, welcome Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And one is in California, uh, not being burned. Uh, by wildfires, which is which is good, and one is in the Czech city of Brno studying veterinary medicine. Wow! So they're all scattered to the well. If you have three children, can they be scattered to the four winds? <laughs> scattered to the three winds. It's a, a scattered to three wind. of the four winds. Yes. Um, um, so basically, Ben and I are complete amateurs at, at dadding, whereas you're, you're an expert in every sense of the word. You know, your, your children have, have gone through the, the difficult years, you know. You've, I've you've, got the scars to prove it to. <laughs> so we want, to, we want to kind of delve deep into your wisdom. Um, so, <clears throat> so listeners, if you don't know Ted, Ted has just written a book called The Pop Culture Parent. 
Um, and uh, and I just think it's brilliant. And if you haven't bought it yet, go out and buy a, a dozen of them and give them to the other dads in your church. With a couple of co-authors, so I don't want to... With wanna... a couple of co-authors, yes. Yes, Stephen, Stephen Burnett and Jared Moore. Want to want to give credit where credit's due. Tell us a little bit about um, the pop culture parent. What made you write this book? Um, what made me write the book? I in 2013 we were in the states, and I had just written the past year in 2012. I'd written Papologetics, and <clears throat> I was uh, when you wrote write a book. I discovered uh, you get speaking gigs. Uh, people say, oh, he wrote a book. He'll come and speak at our church or whatever. And I, and so I did a number of these of these engagements, uh, mostly along the East Coast of the United States, but some by Skype in Ireland and all sorts of things. And every single one that I did, somebody in the audience said, wow, this sounds really interesting and awesome, but my kids will never get it. And so after that happened for the umpteenth time, it was during a, uh, it was during a, a, a series of workshops I was doing for the church that we call our home church when we're in the States in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And again, uh, somebody said, yeah, this sounds really, really great, but my kids or my grandkids will never get it. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's just deal with the elephant in the room. And then I just rambled for like 45 minutes on how I think you can engage popular culture with kids. And then, uh, oh, and after that, after that, uh, two of the mums in our church came up, who are, who are dear friends of mine, came up and started poking me in the chest with their fingers saying, you need to write a book. You should have written a book five years ago. What have you been doing? Get busy. And I was like, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, and then I made the fateful choice to tweet, uh, I guess I need to do a Popologetics for Kids book. And one of my followers, a guy named Stephen Burnett, uh, who's deep into kind of sci-fi culture, uh, said, Hey, me and Jared are doing a book like that. You want to join forces or do you want to race? And that <laughs> kind of caught my attention. And so I said, well, let's talk. And, and we talked. Um, and I, I thought at the time, hey, because I was, I was working on another book at the same time. So any race I was going to lose. So I, so I said, hey, this is great. I can work on another book. And if it's three authors, it will be a third of the time writing. And is that how it worked out? This is not how <laughs> life works. It is three times the amount of oh. writing because everything anybody writes gets passed to the other two. And then you talk about it and you make changes. And it, and there's this, it's, it's, um, it's a process. It's a process. It's a real process. So um, let's kind of get down to the nitty gritty, I think. Um, yep. Why Why do you, what, for, the, for our dad listeners, why mm. is it important for them to be engaging with the things that their children are uh, watching, listening to, um, engrossed in reading? Um, why should a dad be involved in that part of their children's lives? Uh, Two answers come to mind. One is, why in the world wouldn't you want to be? But the the question underneath that is, do you actually want to be part of your child's world? 
And all dads would say, well, yeah, I care for my, I mean, unless you're a terrible dad and this is not a show for terrible dads. It's not. But it's not. But if you're, if you're trying to dad well, then you would say, of course, I want to be part of my child's world. Well, then your child's world is inhabited, is woven out of the entertainments which they feel comfortable with, with, with which they engage creatively, which they enjoy, whether that's Minecraft or Fortnite or, or My Little Pony or Star Wars or whatever, that's their world. If you want to be part of their world, you got to deal with that stuff. You have to draw alongside them or or if uh if you make the choice no i don't want to engage this stuff and i think it's stupid and i just think it's a waste of time and i tell my child so you have by that act exempted yourself you have delegitimized yourself you have uninvited yourself into their world and and you can have conversations with them and you can scowl and shake your finger and whatever but they will not take you seriously on matters of culture period i know because it happened with my father right i i we my brother and i uh two kids from rural you know two middle school kids from rural pennsylvania discovering uh monty python's flying circus <laughs> and it was just simply a revelation and we just had no categories for this but we just knew it was amazing and well, we couldn't get enough world. yeah it was just a different world mm-hmm. and my and my father once came downstairs to watch it with us and he just sat there saying that's not funny that's not <laughs> funny that's not funny because he was raised on bob hope yeah you know he yeah. was raised on old school comedy and um, and he just didn't have time for this British absurdist nonsense. And therefore, he had very little to say to us hmm. in that part of our, in, in anything having to do with culture or entertainment. We just so, disregarded him. So, so, I mean, in part, it's, it's being able to communicate with your children. But, but yes, using, you know, the, but, using the terms and vocabulary with which they're familiar, you don't. I mean, yes, as a parent, we I also didn't talk down to my kids because I wanted them to learn vocabulary and stuff like that. But when I'm talking, when I want to connect with them, I use the categories and references with which they're familiar. I won't I won't won't expect them to come up to mine. I'll I'll mm-hmm. try to influence them, but there's gotta be some sort of there's got to be some sort of back and forth. But these are these are just TV shows, aren't they? I mean, you know, they they don't they don't preach anything or teach anything. Just TV shows. Look, dude, I have just finished watching uh, either last night or the night before watching The Good Place. Oh, right? I'm in the middle of which, that at the moment. Wow. Yeah, which uh, I I won't spoil anything, but, but it's got some very definite opinions on what goodness is, mm. on what badness is on what heaven is like on what makes heaven heavenly hmm. um and it and it is how do i say this without what what episode are you on what season are you I'm on i'm on season 1 i'm about to finish season 1 wow yeah wow. right at the beginning i'm a newbie wow okay i have to be really very careful me. i have to be very careful <laughs> here um i think i think okay, what we're so, showing our listeners is is that there there is uh, there is everything everything kind of preaches even even the stuff we're watching and the stuff yeah. that they're watching and listening to and um and 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 reading 
It, yes, it everything's yeah, yeah, everything's religious. Everything's got to take oh. on ultimate meanings of one sort or another, and it it doesn't it doesn't need to broadcast it maybe as directly as the good place does, but it's still got that. Every rap song you've heard, every I mean, even memes to a certain extent, although it's harder to fish out the real message, but there's always an attitude, always an angle, always something there that is informing the inner world and the imagination. Even Baby Shark. Do you know Baby Shark? Even Baby Shark, do, 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 do. And I'm sorry, listeners, that will be in your head the rest of the day. I really hope Thank so. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay, Baby Shark's a little uh, a little silly and maybe doesn't carry a weighty message, um, but an awful lot of it does. And and I would I would dare say uh, the best popular culture always does, hmm. right? And if your kids are into good and interesting popular culture, they may not be. Um, you know, they uh, my my kids were. We're heavily into RuPaul's Drag Race at one point, but that's got a message. That's got a that has got a a very particular message, um, and uh, and I think they lost interest in it because it's it was just so mean. Like uh, people people were there to be ridiculed. People were there to be put down because it's one of these competitive reality television shows. And and that's very much a worldview. You have to be fabulous or get out. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, apart from all of the sexual, you know, weirdness and gender weirdness, there's there's something else going on that um, that need that ought to be talked about, should be discussed. Well, so tell me. I mean, kind of coming on to that because I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race. If my kids were watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I'd probably say this is terrible. Turn it off. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are twin dangers, aren't there? What, what, what would you say to the overly permissive dad who kind of just goes, "Well, go on then, watch, watch whatever you like." Eighteen movies when you're nine. Um, and what would you say to the the overprotective dad who kind of, you know, more like me, I guess, saying, "Well, no, no, I don't want you watching that. That might corrupt your morals," kind of thing. How, yeah, dangerous, aren't they? Um, yeah, there are dangers. And in the book, um, Stephen came up with uh, with the terms uh, latchkey parent. And uh, and what was this? What was the second one? It was uh, um, endless childproofing. That was his second. Um, and I don't know if if uh, British listeners would understand what a latchkey parent is, but it, it's a term that was common, at least when I was a when I was a kid, of uh, parents who were both working, and they would give their kid a key to get in the house, and the key would and the kid would simply remain unsupervised until seven when the parents got home. And so the kid can get up to any and everything. It's kind of a lonely existence, but if you're a teenager, you know, woohoo, kegger, whatever, you know, whatever you want to get up to, you can get up to. And it's a way of, it's, it's just extreme hands-off. And the danger with that is um, uh, you're not really doing your child any favors by not being involved, by absenting yourself from their world because your child desperately needs wisdom, right? Um, I, my, my children were not watching RuPaul when they were 12 years old. I, I would have been aghast if they were, they were, they are now in their twenties, you know, so 
they're adults, it's a little bit different dynamic. Um, but there's stuff out there that really does resonate and really is seductive. And if you do not, un if you do not, if you do not insert yourself in a way that is sympathetic and from which you can share wisdom about what does this have to do with the gospel? Does this mean the Bible's wrong? What does the Bible have to say about this? All these things, you are missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and you are letting you're letting popular culture parent your child, essentially. That's really interesting. If you just go, go on then. Now the third parent in the room is the TV. Right. TV. Right. Exactly. And that's and uh, and that's not what it ought to do. Mm -hmm. Um that's not its proper role. If on the other hand, uh, you become sort of a paranoic parent, and I, I can't let my innocent flower be ruined by this by this monstrous, slimy, grotesque beast that's going to chomp on their brains and make them into something other. And uh, and therefore, you just kind of lock them away. Um, uh, we we decided not to go with this one, but my chosen uh, my chosen term for that would have been uh, shrink wrapping your children. Hmm. You know, just kind of putting putting them in plastic and hoping against hope that they are preserved. That has some pretty nasty side effects as well because your child never learns to deal with the world as it is. He never learns to speak the language of uh, of his friends, his peers. He um, he learns to live a a sequestered, fearful life until he leaves or she leaves home and goes to university. And then those kids tend to go wild because they have been kept from so much and they tend to you know, try and and do as much as they possibly can. So it's almost like the Amish idea of the rumslinger. Do you know that? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania. Of course, uh, of course you do. So, so listen, yeah. um, the Amish, um, often when they're, I think when they're 18, they have a year where yep. they can taste the world. Rumspringer, yeah. And, and is, that, is that, sorry, my mispronunciation. And they and okay. they just go wild. But that, actually, most of them come back, don't they, because of, for other reasons. But yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Protestants, th their kids don't come back because because we don't, A, have a, as disciplined and simple a lifestyle as the Amish do, and we don't, and um, and they don't often don't see the point, mm. right? Unless in these, uh, or or if that doesn't happen, you get a child who's just kind of a slave to fear of the world, and neither of those really makes an effective ambassador to their own generation, mm. and that's what we want. We want to equip our children to be. Uh, to be men and women of God representing the king before uh, a very skeptical and sometimes hostile world. And part of being a good ambassador is learning the freaking language of the country you're in. He so, said, you, living in the public and not, and being really still bad at. Yeah. So, so yeah. This, this is about helping our children to be evangelists. Um, yes. And also helping them to be fully orbed human beings who can relate to other human beings, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, I'm not, um, I mean, ambassadors, it, it would be insufferable if ambassadors just went around and tapped people and said, let me tell you about how great the United States is. <laughs> the United States is amazing. Maga, 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 maga. No, um, that would be, 
that would be terrible. What he does is by the way he lives, by the way he talks, by what he engages in, um, you know, exploring different, uh, I guess, I guess relational evangelism was the, was the catchword when I was coming up in university, but just how do you be a friend to people? How do you help them navigate meaning in a way that will lead to Christ? Um, so yeah, evangelism very, very broadly considered, not, yeah. not in a, uh, for spiritual laws, yeah. you know, if you died tonight, sort of freighted, anxious thing, but, but just evangelism as a natural aroma we give off of living in the world, but not being of the world and being, and, and understanding our calling into the world. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think our time is nearly up. I, I could talk what, to you. What? Really? I know. I know that's 20 minutes. Um, wow. I could talk to you all day and I've got loads of other questions that I'd, that I'd love to go through. I guess the thing to say is to people, buy, buy a copy of The Pop Culture Parent. It's available from New Growth Press and it really is brilliant. If this has kind of made you think, goodness, I need to, I need to sit down and watch Peppa Pig with my five-year-old and chat about that uh, or if yep. it's made you sit down and which it has a little bit with me and watch some terrible american vampire uh, tv with my teenage uh, teenager then yeah no that's another story but buffy you would not call buffy terrible more, would you more up to date than buffy and uh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, and there's loads of kind of tips and helpful stuff on how to do that and how to ask questions of, of what we're watching together. And actually, what I loved about it is your love for pop culture. This isn't a kind of let's watch it so we can dissect it and and, and tear it apart. Actually, this is kind of let's love it and, yeah. and with them and, and then kind of talk about it together. So thank you so much, Ted. Do you know what we didn't do yep. at the beginning? Uh -huh. we, always, we always start with a dad joke, and I completely forgot in my enthusiasm for talking to you. Um, so how about we finish this uh, week's podcast with um, a dad joke from Ted? Have you got a good dad joke for us? Oh, I've got, I've got plenty. I've got <laughs> plenty. All right. So uh, I, I collect something walks into a bar jokes, and I have been for years. So, uh, so a bear walks into a bar, ginormous Kodiak grizzly walks into a bar and rises up in its hind legs and brings its feet down on the bar and the whole bar shakes. And, uh, and the bear says, bartender. Give me a beer. And the bartender said, why the big pause? <laughs> Very good, Ted. Thank you so much. I All really right. appreciated that today. Uh, All right. On. Take care. Every day, Daddy. Oh, mate, that was great. Um, I'm very envious that I wasn't in on that conversation, but uh, actually, if I'd been there, we'd have just got on for longer. We could, would have had to make it a two-parter or something. Um, uh, it's really highlighted for me, again, as, as we keep saying, that there really is no substitute uh, for being present with your kids uh, in whatever they're doing, whether it's enjoying a movie or a bit of TV or music, it just engaging with it with, alongside them is so valuable as a parent. It's so valuable as a dad, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was such, an, such a great chat. I want, perhaps we should get him back um, for some more. He certainly has more wisdom than you or I, so uh, that's always good. Um, so, look, we've run, already run over time, so um, thank you for joining us on this uh, podcast. We hope it's been helpful. Do stay in touch if you've got any questions or we'd love to know what you think of it. Um, do email us on everydaydadding at gmail.com. Um, and we might even do a listener's special at uh, some point. Uh, where we, we, we tackle some of those questions and emails that you've sent. But for now, goodbye.